I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is, would you rather be a muggle or a squib? Hi listeners, I'm Rhea, and this week I'll be arguing that it's better to be a muggle. And I'm Jem, and I'd rather be a squib. When I was doing research for this episode, basically every single thing I could find that was like, muggle, squib, which is better, whatever, every single person was like, it's better to be a squib. You're all crazy. It's not good to be a squib. Why is that? Well, first, I just want to say, is this kind of like an oppression Olympics? (laughs) Like, (laughs) a little bit. Uh, I don't know what those words mean, <laughs> and a- <laughs> so maybe. And oppression Olympics is like, oh, who's the more oppressed? Like, let's compare stories and anecdotes and figure out, like, who has it worse off. Oh, yeah, we're definitely doing that. Yeah, okay. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be bad to do in real life, so <laughs> don't do that with real life people. No, it's not fun. No one wins. But in hypotheticals, hell yeah. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. But in real life, one person's experience doesn't invalidate another's. Oh, absolutely not. No one wins the Oppression Olympics. No. Yeah, well, I would hate to be a muggle in the Harry Potter universe. Fair. Because it's not the fact that, oh, there's this whole other wonderful side of the world that I don't know about. That's kind of sucks. I would be more concerned with the fact that there's this whole other dangerous part of the world that I don't know about <laughs> that is happy to wipe my memory, to force me to do things I don't want to do, to treat me like an exploitable object, basically. Yeah, that's all terrible. I don't like any of that as well. But I think it's worse if everything is exactly the same that you just said, but I know about it and I can do absolutely nothing to stop it. I think if I'm going to live in a world where I can be memory wiped or attacked by a dragon or blah, 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 whatever. I'd rather just not know it's coming. Like, if there's nothing I can do to prevent it or help myself, I'd live in ignorance. It's better. No. Ignorance isn't bliss. I would rather eat that fruit of knowledge and have one foot in the door, one foot out. (laughs) Because, you know, we say squibs can do nothing. And yes, there's a lot of things squibs can't do, but I have a master plan. (laughs) For what I would do (laughs) if I was a squib. (laughs) I'm so looking forward to this. (laughs) Do do you want to hear it now or? Yeah. Do you have like a prelude to it, like an argument or did you just write a master plan and that's your whole argument for this episode? I have a bit of a prelude, but it's not much. It's basically just like the cons of being a squib is that you're never truly accepted and you must face adversity like all the time, basically. And that there's the pros okay. is that you kind of get 
insight into both worlds. You can still see and interact with magical creatures and places. So you still have that access. Mm-hmm. And like, there's still things that you can contribute to the world and that you can do in the world that I think have just been denied historically. But that doesn't mean that they will forever be denied to Scribs. <laughs> okay. I My basic argument is that I think people overestimate how much access Squibs have to the magical world. I think it's actually a far worse situation for Squibs than the books lead us to believe, or then we just, then we realize because we don't really think about Squibs. Yeah. So let's hear your master plan. Okay. And maybe I'll interrupt you. Maybe I'll let you finish. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. All right. Okay. So let's say I'm, I'm part of a muggle family. I mean, not a muggle family, a wizard Mm -hmm. family. My parents are with You've already failed step one. (laughs) I'm a muggle. The end. My parents are wizards. They're probably working at some mongos. My older sister is a witch and she's four years my senior. So Yes, I did it. Yeah, I win. She's going to Hogwarts and she's telling me all the great stories about, you know, what's going on. I am super excited from a young age. Like this is just my life now. Like when you were going to school, I was so excited to go to school. Do you remember that? I used to like, <laughs> mum used to like go to school you and know. pick you up and stuff. And I used to like wander in as a toddler and like peek in through the windows and try to listen in on the classes. Like I was super excited. So jealous <laughs> of me going to school. I would be ecstatic. So I would be looking out for my first signs of magic. Like it was wildfire. I would be waiting. And when it didn't come mm-hmm. and you know, you and I, and maybe mum and dad start to figure out, Oh, maybe she's a squib then my action plan would be put into place. Are you going to skip right over the crushing, crushingness of that? Like, how devastated would you be? I'd be pretty devo, but something that you might notice about me, Ria, is that I'm very (laughs) self-accepting. I know my limitations, (laughs) and I know my my strengths, and I work to them constantly. (laughs) Yep, you're a creepy little one. (laughs) So yeah, it would be pretty devastating. I would probably like cry on my bed for a while, but then I'd be like, all right, what can I do? So first things first is I would want to start training myself in like just learning everything that I can learn about the wizarding world. And that's not hard. I can go to any bookshop in Diagon Alley and just read as much as I can about wizarding history, wizarding society and culture. I'm already immersed in the culture because I belong to a wizarding family. So I can learn as much about the world as I can. Mm-hmm. I'd ask my parents if I could have a linguist tutor me in Murmish, in gobbledygook, in any magical language. Because I, as far as we know, anyone can speak those languages, right? Like, it's not like you have to be a magical person to be able to speak Murmish. Possibly not. Probably not. With the exception of languages, I think, like parcel tongue that aren't really a language. That's more of a skill. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a magical. Yeah, you're right. That's an innate ability. But like something like gobbledygook, if like a wizard can learn it, then surely I can learn it. It's not like you have to be magical to be able to speak a language. You should be fine, I think. Yeah. I've decided that what I'm going to do, by the way, is I'm just going to quickly take notes on the things you say. And at the end, I'm going to go through all the things I disagree with. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'd want to learn, try and learn as many languages as I can young, because Something that I might have picked up is that a lot of wizards don't bother to learn things like gobbledygook and murmish unless they're like very learned scholars and they want to work in particular fields, like mm-hmm. if they're working with, I don't know, creature relations or something like that, or if there's a person like Barty Crouch who can speak like 65 languages or something. Yeah. So I figure it'd be just an extra edge that I can provide to the wizarding world and like 
be integrated. I would also, because I'm assuming like most wizarding families, before I turn 11, I'm going to primary school in the muggle world. Like there's either that option of going to a primary school in the muggle world or getting homeschooled. And I think given our parents and the way that they believe about the world, we will be sent to a primary school in the muggle world. They don't want us hanging around the house. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> they're working all the time. They don't have time for that. So I would be, I mean, I already, I am a competitive little bitch <laughs> and I love school. <laughs> so I'd assume that I'd already be doing pretty well in primary school, but I would be pushing myself harder to do as best as I can in learning as much about the muggle world as I can and being the best student I can be. Mm-hmm. Then my next step is the hardest step. And if I can get through this, then it's pretty easy writing. But if I can't, then I'd have to change my strategy. My next step is I go to Dumbledore and I try to convince him to let me into Hogwarts before I turn 11. So, oh my God. Obviously. <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance, Jim. Well, you cannot do that. No. Quote from the fourth book, Dumbledore was willing to let anyone in as long as they got the talent. You don't have the talent. If he- the talent means magic. It's not a talent contest. It's not bring your own. <laughs> the talent is magic. Okay. Okay. But how many Hogwarts subjects require a wand? I have them written down. Okay. There's charm, defense against the dark arts, transfiguration. These are all core subjects. They're the three core subjects. And then for an elective apparition, you require a wand for apparition. Mm-hmm. Guess how many Hogwarts subjects don't require a wand? Um, I should. It's over 75%. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's over 75, and I'm like, God, there's so many subjects. Oh no, I don't know them all. So it's over 75%. The cores include astronomy, flying, herbology, and history of magic, and potions. They don't require wands. Potions does. Not always. Most potions you can go get by without a wand. Sometimes you might need to, like, cast something. So I could be able to brew most potions. Okay, I'm going to stop you there because I do need to interrupt. So potions, every single potion has some element of wand work. That's been confirmed by JK for the specific purpose of muggles, squibs can't do potions. You have to be magical in order to do it. (sighs) Beetle the Bard lied to me then. Yeah, but it's, it's not consistent with Beetle the Bard, but that's what she said. I think we've done this in a previous episode as well. Okay, then. Scratch scratch out potions, then. I've still got astronomy flying. And? Yeah? Yeah, the other one I want to argue with is flying. Yep. Squibs can fly on brooms. Yeah, but there was a, there's a specific thing that I want to call attention to. So the quote that I got, I think, from Pottermore is, if another wizard is flying a broom, a squib can happily ride alongside them. Okay. To me, that doesn't say that the squib is riding on their own broomstick because the prerequisite of if a wizard is flying a broom makes it seem like a squib can ride on the back of a broomstick, not on their own broomstick. Okay. All right, fine. So astronomy, herbology, history of magic. Do you have, have any beef with those cores? Um, astronomy, herbology, history of magic. I think you'd get away fine with astronomy and history of magic, but I think they might refuse to let you do herbology on the grounds of it's not safe for you because you're weaker and less good than the magical students. <laughs> the magical students are fucking dropping snuggle off pods all the time and fainting in mandrake classes because they can't wear earmuffs properly. I think I'll be fine. <laughs> Like, it's not a matter Uh, of- That's what you say. It's not a matter (laughs) of magical skill to be able to take care of a plant that's dangerous. It's just quick reflexes and knowledge of the subject. 
and being prepared. But, but do you remember in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them when Newt puts Jacob in the armor? Yep. And is like, you have to wear this armor because you're a weak, squishy muggle, whereas I, a wizard, am fine. I think that wizards are naturally tougher, hardier, more able to take damage than squibs and muggles. So I think in the herbology class, which features interacting with a lot of dangerous plants, the chance that you're going to get, you know, smacked with a vine, poisoned by something, exposed to something which is more deadly for you than it would be for a magical student is too high for them to risk allowing you into that class. I think you're going to be denied access. I don't think I will because, like, Hogwarts is already a risk to send your students to. Like, Hagrid says this, like, parents know that sending your students to Hogwarts, your kids to Hogwarts, they're going to be put under risk. They're going to be made to do tough things, but they do it anyway. And I just don't think that they would prevent me from taking care of plants if I followed the same kind of precautions and was careful like the other students. I think they would because that's the nature of discrimination. It's not rational. Okay, well, fine. I'm I'm still arguing for herbology. You're not, but okay. Let's look at the other subjects. Electives. Now, alchemy, I put a question mark next to. We don't know much about what goes on in alchemy. It could just be like chemistry or you might have a magical element to it. I don't know. But anyway, I don't know if I take it because it's like a rare subject that's offered. Yeah, it barely ever runs anyway. So it's unlikely they would run it just for a squib. Arithmancy? That's just math. I can do that. I mean, I can't do it, but if mm-hmm. I learned and was, like, motivated, I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Care of magical creatures? I think same argument as topology, as long as I'm careful enough and I use the right, like, procedures and precautions, I, c- I can certainly see and interact with the magical creatures. That's established. But- Sometimes. What do you mean, sometimes? Well, you can't see and interact with Dementors. When do we learn about Dementors and care of magical creatures? That's a Defense Against a Dark Arts subject. Yeah, I'm just saying that's an example of one type of magical creature that you can't see or interact with. There are probably others. Well, actually, in Pottermore, they said that squibs could see Dementors because Mrs. Fig gave an accurate description. Oh, okay. I thought she was lying. I always assumed she was lying. No, I assumed that she was telling the truth. She was just kind of nervous because she's in an institution which has oppressed her her whole life. And she doesn't want to fuck this up. Yeah. And so that's what I assumed. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll take that back then. Uh, divination? There's no magic in divination. I mean, you're either a seer or you're not, and I'm not going to be a seer, but I can still study divination. I can still study how to read palms and read tea leaves and all this sort of stuff. There's no magical like impetus behind that. Okay, I have a point there, but I'm going to hold it back. Okay. Muggle studies? Easy. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> Study of ancient runes? Yeah, it's just a language subject. And then there's... All the extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. There's ancient studies, art, frog choir, ghoul studies, magical theory, muggle art, m- music, muggle music, orchestra, silomancy, and languages, like I said. Like, I'd pr- try and learn Murmish and gobbledygook and stuff like that. That's a significant amount of the subjects that I can take as a squib. Okay. Now, what were you going to say about divination before I continue? No, I'm going to save my point for later. I'm trying to interrupt you as little as possible, but sometimes you say things like, I can fly a broom, and I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) We need to address this. Okay. So, obviously, uh, like I said, the the, um, core subjects like charms, DADA, transfiguration, and flying, and potions, I'm not going to be good at them. Like, (laughs) I'll be able to do the theoretical side of a lot of those subjects, but when it comes to practical, I'm just not going to be good. But that's fine, because- 
I know my limits. I can still undertake the majority of the subjects. I can still try my darndest. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's going to be my electives that I'll be excelling in because I can excel in them because they're all theoretical-based subjects and subjects I can do easily. So okay, I would make the argument to Dumbledore that, look, I know that there's a history at Hogwarts that they don't accept squibs, that they've never been sorted into houses. I'm aware of this history. But why is that the case? Why can't I prove that I am just as capable as a wizard, obviously not when it comes to casting magic, that's just a physiology thing, I can't do it, but I'm just as capable to contribute to the wizarding society as anyone else in this school. Like, (laughs) I'm sure if I appeal to Dumbledore enough, he has a soft heart for people who want to prove themselves, for people who have been overlooked and downtrodden. He had a sister who had difficulties with her magic as an obscurial. People talked about her being a squib. So I think that he might be convinced to let me in. On one level, I kind of agree with you. I think Dumbledore does have that soft heart and you could possibly play him. But on the other hand, like... I'm remembering when Petunia wrote a letter begging to be let into Hogwarts and he was like, I'm sorry, I wish I could change the rules, but, you know, you don't have magic. What's the difference between you and Petunia? I come from a wizarding family. I'm already integrated into the world and I want to work in the world in the future. And I, like, I want to contribute to the world that I'm already a part of. The difference with Petunia is that she doesn't have magic and she's not a part of that world already. So. It's two barriers. With me, it's just one barrier, (laughs) basically, is the argument I'm making. To me, that difference is negligible. I think, look, I'll I'll allow you Dumbledore. I think maybe Dumbledore you could convince. Yeah. But I don't think Dumbledore has complete control over everything that happens at Hogwarts. Mm. In the second book, there's like a board of directors that he has to appeal to. Yeah. Is it board of directors? Whoever Lucius Malfoy is a part of, that group. Yeah. Yeah, the Ministers for Education, I'm guessing, something like that. Yeah, and in the fifth book, the Ministry is messing with everything that goes on at Hogwarts. I think if Dumbledore allowed a squib to attend Hogwarts, the backlash you would get from the rest of the magical world would be so strong that he wouldn't even allow it in the first place. Like, you might convince him on a personal level, but in terms of, like, his profession, in terms of, I am a headmaster of this school of magic, I don't think he'd allow it. It's just not feasible. I mean, Dumbledore's received backlash for his decisions in Hogwarts before, and because he knew it was the right thing, he still continued to do it. So I think that he would understand that what I'm arguing for is morally right. Like, I can still do the things that other children can do, and I still really want to do the things that other children can do. And he knows that that's right. He knows that I'm not, like, asking for power or greed. I'm not doing this out of greed. I'm doing this out of a genuine will to want to better myself (laughs) and to try my best. So I think that he would recognize that what I'm asking is right and that the system is wrong because it's always been discriminatory and that, you know, we should try and change. We should try and adapt to the future. So I think he would. Again, all good arguments, but it's not just you because if he lets you into Hogwarts, That's it. Mm -hmm. Now squibs can attend Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Now every squib is able to attend Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. I would convince him that, yes, this is basically a first step. So I would say, look, I know there's a lot of backlash that's going to come 
from this. So here's my here's my suggestion. You let me in. I finished my seven years at Hogwarts. And if you regret letting me in, if there's any doubt in your mind that you think this wasn't a good idea, don't do it ever again. <laughs> and I'll, Ooh, I'll cop that. Gambling with the futures of all squibs. Wow. <laughs> I'll cop that. I'm willing to bet on myself. God, you have so much confidence. It's incredible. (laughs) Also, that's such a risky fucking bet. (laughs) Oh my God, Jem, that could go so wrong in so many ways. Yeah. You think the other students are just going to just accept you? No. You think they're not going to try and destroy you at every opportunity? Certainly some will. Others might not, you know. I doubt that, like, people like who are like the Weasleys or- People who are like good hearted will try and do anything to me. But yeah, certainly there'll be some dickhead blood purists and elitists that will try and tear me down. But you know, I'm an unstoppable force. But you're force. a Slytherin. <laughs> you're an unstoppable force, but you're a Slytherin. You're going to be in Slytherin house. You'll never be able to sleep. Yeah. They'll kill you. <laughs> Listen, okay. So, yes, I, I mean, this depends on whether or not. Dumbledore would let me get sorted. I mean, he, I'd assume he'd have to. If he was going to let me in, he would be like, look, you have to be sorted because otherwise we don't know how to accommodate you, right? Because, yeah. Yeah. So are, are you saying that I'm going to be let in? Do you want me to run out the scenario, <laughs> basically? I still don't think you would be let in, but I do want to hear the scenario. I think it's honestly 50-50 that I'd either be let in or denied. And it, either way, I have a plan for both options. So if I'm let in. Okay. Let's say, yes, I'm to be sorted. Now, I already know about the houses because you're my sister. I have parents that are wizards. I know what what the houses are. So I know that, yes, I'm probably a Slytherin because I'm really ambitious and determined, but it's probably not a good idea for me to go into Slytherin, right? Because I'm going to get a lot of prejudice from my fellow housemates. I'm going to be under threat. So I'm going to (laughs) choose. I'm going to say to the hat, I really want to go in Hufflepuff. I'm really hardworking. And I'm yeah, good natured. Yeah, because that would be my second house anyway, I think, based on my own personality. So I'm going to be like, I want to go on Hufflepuff. I want to go on Hufflepuff. I just want to try my best. So hopefully I would be put into Hufflepuff. If I'm put into Slytherin, it makes things harder, but I still think I could succeed in my plan. <laughs> so my plan of writing notes and arguing with you at the end is just ridiculous because I keep interrupting <laughs> you. So are you familiar with Angus Buchanan? I am. Yes. Okay, so for our listeners, Angus Buchanan is a squib who wrote a book called My Life as a Squib in 1900 Mm -hmm. that helped break the taboos of squib culture in wizarding society. So he was sort of, I guess, the spark of the growing squibs rights movement throughout the 1900s. He ended up um, being a rugby player. He lived in the Muggle world and he was like so well known and so prolific that um, wizards like sort of liked his story. They liked his book, and they started getting interested in rugby. I guess, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't say that in the series, but okay. Yeah. So, when Angus Buchanan was a little kid, he crashed the sorting ceremony despite never getting his Hogwarts letter. Mm-hmm. He somehow snuck in. So I have the full quote here. It had never happened before, and it has never happened again. But Angus got as far as the sorting hat before he was exposed. Mm -hmm. In sheer desperation, he threw himself ahead of a girl whose name had been called and placed the hat on his head. The horror of this moment when the hat announced kindly, 
that the boy beneath it was a good-hearted chap but no wizard would never be forgotten by those who witnessed it. Angus took off the hat and left the hall with tears streaming down his face. Yeah. So, I don't think it can be sorted. I don't think the hat will sort you. Well, a situation with Angus Buchanan is one that was no one knew about. It was completely by surprise. In my context, I've talked to Dumbledore beforehand, and I've we've made this deal. So, that's moot. Dumbledore has been like, look, hat, I know that there's going to be a person walking up to this, this stage who's not a wizard, but, you know... Just put her into the house that her personality indicates that she should be in, basically. This is going to be one of those agree to disagree moments because I think the hat wouldn't do it. Well, if the hat won't do it, then Dumbledore's going to do it. He's just going to put me in a house. <laughs> I'm 100% here for the fanfiction AU where a squib goes to Hogwarts. <laughs> and I love I loved the idea of you being in a house. And I also love the idea that the hat refuses to put you in a house. So you can't be in a house. So you have to spend your entire time at Hogwarts, like... Houseless. Living in some fucking cupboard somewhere, houseless. Not eating with any of the people, not having a house, not being in the same sort of classes as everybody else. Like, completely segregated from the rest of the school body. Which I think is more likely. Okay, if you think that's more likely... Because that's how... <laughs> That's how history has gone. Yeah, but in my context, I'm running this like a scenario with Dumbledore. Like, I reckon that he would try and put me in a house just for organizational sake and just to try and make it seem as accurate to what a Hogwarts experience would be like for future squibs if that's going to happen. So, Mm -hmm. unless he wants to create a new house, in which case I'm the first member. Squib house. Separate but equal. Separate but equal? Is that what we're going to go with? (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i i can't decide i don't know like obviously it's a worse scenario if you don't have a house or if you're in the separate but equal squib house but i kind of think it's more likely okay i think that's more realistic and you would as dumbledore you would get away with pitching this experiment of the squib who goes to hogwarts Mm -hmm. better if they're not affiliated with the other students if you can just be like, oh, they're in their own little category with their own common room and their own table and mm-hmm. they don't interact with the other students. And then when this is all over, we can just pretend it never happened. Okay. I think it's more likely that that's what will go down. All right. So I have my own little, I'm guessing there's a room somewhere with a, a bed and a bathroom where I can live. It's like my own little dormitory. Yeah. And I have, you know, maybe I eat in the great hall, but there's a table, a little table next to it with like my own little plate of food that comes up from the kitchens, but it's not at any of the great hall house tables. It's just my own little place. Or do I eat in my room as well? Oh, this is sad. Okay. It's sad. <laughs> it's sad, but I'm going to make the best of it. <laughs> maybe they make you eat in the kitchen with the house elves. Maybe so. Then I get some house elf buddies. Okay. They'll be my only friends. So. Oh God. Um, Jim. <laughs> But it's fine because I'm in, I'm through the door. I'm in the door. I'm there. You are paving the way for generations of squibs ahead of you. Okay. Okay. So I'm at Hogwarts. I've convinced Dumbledore. He's being like, okay, I'm going to let you in. You just try the best that you can. And at the end of year seven, we'll see what happens. We'll just see how we do. So, Mm -hmm. um, while I'm doing my Hogwarts study, I also do my best to continue with my muggle studies, reading books. I Before I come to Hogwarts, I get some online co- coursework from a library printed out so I can do it at Hogwarts on just the printouts. Good God. Uh, in the holidays, I go to Muggle summer school. I do homeschooling or whatever I can to still learn about the Muggle world while I'm at Hogwarts because I'm going to have more time 
to do those kinds of studies while I'm at Hogwarts, just because I can't complete the practical studies for things like charms and DADA and transfiguration. So why bother with trying to practice those spells? I can do all the theoretical stuff for those subjects, but I, I don't have to spend a few hours every day going like, oh, let's try and do the levitation charm again, because it's not going to work. It's not going to happen for me. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't have to try with that element. Yeah, I guess you can sort of design your own course, which is half theoretical magical subjects and half just regular muggle schooling. Yeah, I would just be reading as many books as I can and, and like, yeah, I mean, I can stay up late into the night because it's my own little space. It's not like there's four other people sleeping in the dorm with me and I'm disturbing them. Like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I assume in fifth year I become the prefect of my own house because there's no one else in my house, so prize <laughs> to me. <laughs> by default, yes, <laughs> you become prefect. What would my house be? Would it be like it would be a pig as my sign signal because oh my the pig's the least magical animal. Of course. <laughs> it would be called something like, I don't know. Pig farts. <laughs> pig farts house. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it's, it's upsetting to me how realistic I'm finding this. Like, I can just, I can see it playing out. Jim, uh, what a depressing, depressing world you're painting. Hey, it's depressing, but... I'm acing all my subjects because you know what I'm like, Ria, in real life. I am yeah, yeah. like motivated, especially when it comes to competitions, especially when it comes to competitions out of spite. I am willing <laughs> to do anything to go above and beyond to get the tops in my classes, especially in this situation mm -hmm. where I know I need to prove myself more than anything. So I assume that I'm getting really high marks consistently every year in my subjects for the theoretical aspects at least the practical subject like the practical aspects i just flop that doesn't matter <laughs> like it does matter but yeah you know for my personal experiment with dumbledore it doesn't like there's no avoiding that well like why are they making you do the practical classes you wouldn't be you would just have your own timetable where you don't attend any of the practical classes like, I don't think you'd be in Charms class or Transfiguration. You just wouldn't go to those classes. Well, but you see, the way the classes are structured is that they'll do, like, in there'll be a Charms lesson and they'll do some theory, but they'll also do some practical. So it's not like they have practical lessons and then theoretical lessons separately. They do them together. Okay. I would still just be in the lesson. I'd be like, yep, doing all the theory, answering the questions. But when it came to the practical stuff, look, I just can't do it. I don't even have a wand, I bet. So I'm just sort of sitting there continuing to yeah. read or, like, taking it in, I guess. But there's not much I can do. And yes, I would still be tested practically when it came to the L. So yes, I would fail in those aspects. But if I can hold up like a sheet at the end of the year being like, here's my theoretical marks and here's my practical marks, I can still show that to a future employer and be like, look, obviously I mm -hmm. can't do the practicals because I'm a squib, but I excelled in my theoretical marks. So obviously I wouldn't be doing Quidditch or anything. I wouldn't be getting into the sports because I'm not a sporty person and I can't fly a broom without a person with me. So I'd just be doing as much of the extracurriculars as I wanted to do as well, like, you know, music maybe, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I go through my Hogwarts time and let's say I do exceptionally well in everything that I was meant to do. Now, I don't know if Dumbledore would be true to his agreement. I'm guessing he would be. But either way, that doesn't matter because I've got what I needed. What I needed. <laughs> so, oh my god! <laughs> so, like, you were betting. You were betting with the futures of all squibs and being like, "Yes, paving a way for my people. I'm a champion for justice." And then you're like, eh, "Got mine. Whatever. Fuck off." <laughs> it's a bit of both because obviously, yes, that's in my mind, but I can't control what Dumbledore's gonna do. 
like I can prove myself to the max and he can still be like, look, I'm still, I'm still the servant of the board of educators and I still have to uphold what I've been mm-hmm. doing. So yes, this was a trial run and yes, you did great, but ultimately you still failed all the practical subjects. And that's just an injustice in the system. That's something that I'm going to come across again and again. So I have to be accepting of that. But either way, okay. I have made a significant step. So then what I do <laughs> is I go to Muggle Uni afterwards. Right. And I study something along the lines of political science or foreign <laughs> No, wait, hang on. <laughs> yeah. So how are you getting into Muggle Uni? Because say I'm say I'm the admittance person at the University of Melbourne, which yeah. isn't where you'll be going, but whatever. That's yeah. the university I went to. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so here's your high school equivalency thing. Which you don't have because it says here in our records that you went to primary school and then you fucked off and disappeared and we have no record of you ever going to a high school. Ria, do you remember that I was taking high school subjects while I was doing my Hogwarts subjects? So I was doing, and back in the holidays too, I would do summer school, cram school, I would be doing homeschooling, I would be doing everything I can to prepare for those tests to get me into university, whatever the British equivalent is of like a HSC. Of course. I I guess there are high school uh homeschooled high school students who do go on to university. And there are people who I can't imagine there's a lot, but it must happen. It's rare. There are people who are like the uh the children of military workers who get moved around a lot, so they do a lot of summer schooling and cram school, but they still manage to get into university just because they've done the coursework that they need to do and they've passed the tests that they need to pass. So there are ways for me to get into university, okay. even if I have to do a bridging course. Right. Okay. Yep. So you get into university. What are you studying? I'm studying something along the lines of political science. I want to get into politics. Oh my God, Jen. <laughs> so once I finished my studies and assumingly excelled <sighs> once more, because now I have less pressure of studying magical stuff while just while doing two, two worlds of study. Now I'm just doing one world of study. I try to get a job at the ministry in the Muggle Relations Department. Because who better than a squib to work in Muggle relations? I literally have a foot in both worlds. Right. Do you think they'd let me in? Again, <laughs> no. It's probably one of the departments which has, like, the least amount of politics going on. Like, I, I doubt that the higher echelons of the ministry give a shit what happens in Muggle relations. Like, it's like one of those backwater departments that has a tiny little office and there's only, like, three people working there. Like Arthur Weasley's department. I st- I uh, I really don't think you'd be hired. I think you might be more likely to get hired as like not hired, planted in the Muggle government as someone close to the prime minister to be like a liaison between them and the Ministry of Magic. Okay, I'm willing to take that. That's more like I think that's the sort of job the Ministry of Magic, like, if they couldn't get rid of you, would try to get you to go for that sort of thing. Like, if you're like, hire me, hire me, hire me, hire me, and they're like, hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if I I couldn't get the job in some kind of ministry area, then I would have gone for a magical creatures liaison area where I can translate for people who want to work with mermaids and people who want to work with goblins. Yeah. Because I remember I've practiced those languages. Uh-huh, I remember you so saying that. So that would have been my two areas. But I was glad that you suggested the ministry thing. So, yeah, I'm somehow connected to the ministry, even if it's a minuscule area. Yeah. Basically, my plan from here is that I work my way up through wizarding politics, all the while being an, an advocate for squibble rights 
oh, sorry, the squib rights. Squibble rights. Showing that squib. <laughs> squibble rights. It's civil rights and squib rights together. Oh, I thought you were saying um, <laughs> like squib muggle and squabble. Yeah, that was my initial mistake, but I, I adapted because I'm so ready to prove myself. <laughs> it's a Freudian um, slip. She thinks she's a muggle. So- Actually, I was saying civil rights. Damn it. She got away Squib with it. civil rights. <laughs> the Daily Prophet would hate me. Oh, my God. Everyone would okay, hate so- you, Jim. <laughs> Not the house elf. <laughs> Your only friends. The meek shall inherit the earth. Oh, I would never describe you as meek. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I would just want to be proving myself as much as I can. Obviously, people would be so frustrated with me, but what else can I do? I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep knocking on doors. I'm just going to keep advocating for squibble rights, as I call them. And I'm just going to keep working and showing that, yeah, squibs can end up working in the ministry just like wizards and still be just as effective. Because a lot of like the ministry jobs... Yes, some of them require magic. Like, some of them require you to have a wand and be able to do stuff. But a lot of them are just, like, administration p- political jobs. Like, you're just, you know, mm-hmm. being a, a civil servant. You don't necessarily need to have magic. It can help in terms of sending notes to people. But I can still use an owl for that. <laughs> or I can just walk to their office and, and like, hand them a note. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, yeah, this is my plan. I had um, another point here, but I think you're going to really hate it. Basically, I'm okay. arguing that late late in my career, maybe after 30, 30 years that I've been doing this, I've been setting up networks and organizations to promote squibble rights, and I've been a voice. Maybe the world's starting to change. Maybe the world's starting to see, you know, she has a point. Like, she she worked her way up from nothing, and she still managed to get to, like, a very reasonable position. Maybe I, I get to be Minister of Magic. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not a fucking chance in hell. I'm still saying that you wouldn't even get hired at the ministry itself. I think after a few years, they'd let me into like the Muggle Liaison Office or something. No. Do you remember how Arthur Weasley is working in this tiny little closet of an office and Molly says that mm-hmm. the reason why he's never been able to advance or get a raise or make any progress is because Fudge thinks he's too fond of muggles. So a pureblood wizard from one of the most prestigious pureblood families going back throughout all of history can't even get like a raise at the Ministry of Magic, Mm. despite the fact that he's really good and dedicated at his job because he likes muggles. You are a squib. (laughs) There's not a chance. You're not even getting the job. Okay. I'm saying they might allow you to interact with people working at the ministry, but you have to get a job as a muggle person in a muggle world. See, I think I could eventually move over to a muggle liaison office because I'm still doing the job of a muggle, kind of. I'm just liaisoning, sorry, liaising between the two worlds. And that's what a squib is. That's the kind of job that a squib's built for. Yeah. So I think I could work my way into that department. I think maybe the squibs that come in the generations after you might, might work okay. their way into that department. I'm happy you, with that. not in your lifetime. I'm happy to break that ground for them so that future generations of squibs can prove themselves and can 
contribute to society as more than just janitors and oppressed peoples. Okay. So, yeah, while I'm working in that sort of ministry or muggle liaison ministry position, I would be trying to set up, you know, unions or organizations that give better rights to squibs that are working in like real tough positions, like if they're working as janitors in wizarding institutions, what the fuck's up with that? Or like squibs that are discriminated against in the legal system, I'd be trying to do advocacy networks for them, like, oh, you know, it's not fair that squibs are given these barriers and all this sort of stuff, and we should try and change our legal system. That would be, I guess, the most that I could do in my time as the first squib trailblazing in this area, but I'm happy with that. Okay. I prove myself. I did it. I have several points I would like to make about the things that you've said <laughs> that I don't think are true. But okay, go. First, I want to talk about what your plan is if you can't get into Hogwarts. Let's just go through all aspects, and then I'll start tearing holes in it. Okay. All right. So my plan, if I don't get into Hogwarts, is basically a similar plan, but instead of going to wizarding school, I just go to Muggle school and excel. Yeah. Constantly, um, I try and get like a summer job in like Diagon Alley or something like that, and just working in a bookshop, just moving around books or something. So I'm still like part of the wizarding world because my family belongs to it, but. I'm just not, you know, I don't have that education integrated into it, but I still manage to try and like learn as much as I can that the Hogwarts students might be learning as well by doing the readings and, you know, getting coursework from your past notes and stuff and doing as learning as much as I can in that aspect, just like I did with the muggle school while I was attending Hogwarts mm-hmm. in the other scenario. Yeah. So you see what I mean? It's like the same, but backwards, the same, but flipped. So <laughs> then I would try and uh, still go into end up working in a position where I liaison between muggles and wizards in the future, basically. Okay. That would be my goal. So basically the same plan, sure. Basically the same plan, just flipped. Right, okay. And if I can't work in the liaison area, then I want to work in the languages area. <sighs> okay. Is that is that your whole plan? You're good now? Yeah, that's my whole plan. Okay. I'm done. It's off my chest. All right, here's my things that I've been, notes that I've been jotting down <laughs> as we've been going. First of all, you said that I can go to Diagon Alley. <laughs> no? What? Yeah. What makes you think you can get into Diagon Alley? Why can't you see it? Filch can see Hogwarts. I don't know if he can. I think maybe he ended up at Hogwarts what? because, like, <laughs> obviously he can see Hogwarts while what? he's in Hogwarts. But you know how from the outside it looks like a shack, a condemned ruin? Yeah. Yeah, I think from the outside it would look like that to him. Because we never see Squib, we no. never see Filch leave Hogwarts. I think he got that job by like writing in to apply from the position, and then had to be escorted onto the premises by a witch or wizard. No, I, I don't think he can get there on his own or get inside. No, there's no proof to say that Squibs can't find magical locations and navigate them on their own. So I, I completely dismiss that. Okay, I think that there's more proof to show that they can. And the fact that Filch has a job at a magical castle and can walk through Hogsmeade, because we've seen him in, like, the three broomsticks and stuff before. My main piece of evidence for the fact that Squibs can't get into magical locations is in the very first Harry Potter book, when Mrs. Fig breaks her leg and then has to recover from that in her own time. Yeah. She can't get to St. Mungo's. She can't access magical healing, which makes me think that she can't get places. No, I don't think that's a matter of she can't get into St. Mungo's. I think if she could, I think that she could definitely see the entrance and know how to get there if, she, if like, a wizard, like, you know, 
like explained what happened because I because what I think is that it's the institutional barriers that prevent her from getting there. St. Mungo's doesn't serve squibs. That's what I think is going on. Yeah. I think that she can still see the location and interact with the people inside the location, but she they just won't serve squibs because why bother? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm getting from that. Yeah. So that's fucked, first of all, by itself. So do you think that they won't serve squibs or that they can't serve squibs? I think they won't. I mean, they they can. They they definitely can because we see in Fantastic Beasts that Jacob gets hurt by a magical creature and Newt heals him, and he's a Muggle. So if Muggles can be healed with magical like remedies, then Squibs can definitely be healed by magical remedies. And Hagrid hints at that too, like oh, if Muggles knew what we could do, they'd want us to solve all their problems. Which makes me think, you know, wizards would have would be able to cure things like uh, diseases that Muggles are struggling with, like things like cancer and AIDS and stuff like that. It makes you think that some magical remedies will be able to at least soothe, soothe the effects of those in the way that muggles can't. But I just think that wizards don't do it because of reasons, of big societal institutional reasons. They don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to argue that maybe magical healing doesn't work if you're not magical. But I have now just remembered that J.K. Rowling has said that like magical healing can be used to fix basically anything, mm-hmm. basically anything that goes wrong with a muggle. Yep. And most of magical healing is dedicated to solving magical problems because stuff like broken bones or whatever is just like a wave of a wand and it's done. Yep. Okay, so that makes sense. But still, you've got the big problem of you can't go to hospital if you get sick or injured. Yep. Because they refuse to serve you. So what happens, say you get your ministry job. Well, that's St. Mungo's. Yeah, the hospital. That's St. Mungo's. <laughs> there's only one. Yeah. There's one but hospital going- and there's one school and there's one government building and there's one street full of shops. That's how it works. Okay. And one bank. Okay. But if it's in the scenario where I'm at Hogwarts, do you think Madame Pomfrey would really refuse to help me if I broke my toe in herbology class or something? No, that's fine. Madame Pomfrey would help you. What about when you're an adult? Yeah. So say you get your ministry job, okay. or say you're just at the ministry hassling them, trying to force them to give you a job, and some anti-squib nut job just casts like a sneaky little curse on you to make you like really sick, or break your spine, or yeah. make you grow antlers, or do something horrible like that. Yeah. And then some mongos refuses to serve you. What are you going to do? Go to a muggle hospital with antlers and be like, I don't know, this just happened. Help me. I'm in incredible pain. I'm going to go to my older sister or my parents and be like, please, Finite Incontent. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I forgot I have to help you. And plus, my parents work at St. Mungo's because they're nurses. Oh, yeah, you did establish that. Damn it. <laughs> also, I want to say, I forgot to mention, but I had this thought today and I didn't write it down in my notes, but I did have a thought that when I found out I was a squib from a young age, I would probably want to learn self-defense techniques. Like, obviously I can't do magical self-defense, but I'd want to learn, like, Kraft Maga or something, so that if any weirds had tried to pull the wand on me, I'd try to, like, you know, dodge out of the way or, like, get the wand off them without them attacking me, because it's going to happen. <laughs> I want to learn how to fucking defend myself yeah. physically if it comes down to it. I I cannot wait for someone a hundred feet away to pull a wand on you. I would just jump out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) And you to fucking like parkour your way towards them, dodging all the spells, and then smack them in the face. Yeah, that's realistic. Hey, if I know from a young enough age, my sister, look, (laughs) 
You're not a witch, but you are Spider-Man, I guess. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if I knew from a young enough age the position I'm in, I would just, I would prepare for it like a motherfucker. Like, that's what I'm saying. So mm. I would be taking as much, like, lessons to ready my mind and body as I can to be like, I want to still navigate this world as a person who has no power. So I, I want to be as prepared and able to defend myself as possible. Look, maybe you can get away with it because you have an older sister who begrudgingly helps you <laughs> and parents who work at St. Mungo's. But that's not every squib. No, it's not. There's got to be so many squibs who are completely rejected by their families who live 100% in the muggle, muggle world. Mm-hmm. Just, just not having access to proper healthcare is already a breach of the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights. That's true. Yeah. And that's what I would be fighting for in my position as a liaison to the ministry or whatever I get into that position with. I would be building advocacy. I would be trying to create organizations for squibs, by squibs to help them get access to needs that they can't access. So maybe I would help, I would get you to come in on weekends if I have like a halfway house. That's a good word for a squib organization, the halfway house. <laughs> that is good. So I'd get like, I don't know, if, if a squib shows up, and yeah, they got antlers coming out of them because of some dickhead that just decided to have a go at them. Then maybe I would be like, all right, I know this is painful to stay here for a day until I can get my sister to come back from work and I can ask her to remove the spell. Because, <laughs> yeah, so I would, you know, I would try and create those sort of institutions to help squibs. Because, yes, I'm a very privileged mm, squib. I'm angry that you have magical allies. I'm a privileged squib. That's, that's how it is. Using your privilege to help others. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so invalidating to my argument, okay? <laughs> I guess it's like how we do progress in the real world, man. <laughs> okay. I think you're underestimating how crushing it would be. Yeah. So you're talking about how you're a very motivated person. You always drive yourself to achieve really well. But you're, you've also lived your entire life in a family that loves you, yep. surrounded by friends. Mm -hmm. I'm making it sound like you're the most popular person in the world. But you have a very, like, you've got a great support network. You've got people who love you and who care about you and who encourage you yep. and praise you when you come home with that, you know, 100% on the test or whatever. What if you just don't have that? What if your parents refuse to allow you to try to get to Hogwarts in the first place mm -hmm. or continually discourage you from doing it? You're like, this is pointless, you're wasting everyone's time, you're being a nuisance, you know, all that sort of verbal abuse, discouragement stuff. Yeah. And just, even if you get into Hogwarts, the loneliness, the being separated from the other students, the being othered, the isolation, best case scenario, what if it's bullying and harassment? What if you've got, what if you've got people always trying to slip a dangerous potion into your food or make you grow antlers or shove you down the moving staircase or something like that. Yeah. How are you going to deal with all of that constantly, every day? When I don't have a support network? Okay. So, obviously, yeah, that's going to be really tough. And like like I said, I can prepare myself um, in terms of academically and physically as much as I can to navigate this world in which I'm very much powerless compared to the rest of the world. But if it comes to the emotional aspect, that's just something I'm going to have to learn to adapt with over time. And I, I said something earlier on where mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a very motivated person. Yes, that's true. But nothing motivates me more than spite. <laughs> so that's true. 
It's very true. Like if I'm li- like, obviously if I have a support network, if I have a family that supports me and cares about me, that's an added bonus and it will really boost me a lot. But if I don't have that, say mum and dad are like disowning me, say you are like, oh, really, really annoyed with your younger squib sister who's always like causing a fuss. Oh, totally ashamed of you. I won't even speak to you. <laughs> Why can't you just go be a muggle like how you were born? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're <laughs> slither and elitist. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm in my pig yeah, house. That's the way of it. I'm in the pig pen, which is what I call my dormitory. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be rough. But I feel like the spite of the situation, the fact that my family is disowning me, that they were supposed to love me for who I was and that they just can't do it. The fact that the whole world is against me, they're always pushing me down and telling me that I can't do what I, what I want to do. I think that would just motivate me more. Yeah, there would be times when I'd go over the top, <laughs> undoubtedly. There'll be times when I'll go over the top and be so aggressive in my competition that it might be kind of like shit, but I would always calm myself down because like I have to be a good example so I can't I can't get too angry I have to be like god you have to think of the courage that it takes for people from a discriminated group to go into an institution that is discriminated against like if you look at um yeah Little Rock Arkansas the African-American students that had the like the 12 mm-hmm. of them that were led into that like white school the courage that they had to do when they were given so much yeah. flack from racist dickheads. They just had to basically hold their chin up and ignore it and just continue on. That's the sort of thing that you'd have to be facing. Yeah, that's what you will be facing. So yeah, I just have to I just have to bear it and adapt and grow stronger from it. It's the whole thing where you're gonna be have to be working twice as hard for half the recognition. Mm-hmm. But it's not even that. You'll have to be working ten times as hard. For like a tenth of the recognition. Hey, it's still something. You must be the worst scream I've ever heard of, but you have heard of me. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, is what I'm going for. True. So, you were talking about when you're attending Hogwarts and you're doing your subjects, you can't do any of the core subjects, but you can do the electives. Okay, great. That's awesome. So imagine if I'd gone to high school and I'd be like, look, I can't do math, English or science, but I can do home ec, woodwork and drama. What is the fucking point of that? Why would I even go to high school? Why don't I just not go to high school and be like, I'm going to be a woodworker and get a fucking apprenticeship or something. There's no point. Why are you doing this? Because someone has to, Rhea. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has to prove to all of them wizards that squibs aren't to be ignored, (laughs) that there is value (laughs) in people who aren't like them. Because first it's squibs and then it's muggles. And if we, if we turn our back on squibs and say they're, they're useless, they're not worth the time, then what's the difference between doing it to muggles? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) And by the way, I still can do charms and transfiguration. I'll get 50% in every subject because I'll get 100% on the theory. (laughs) So get fucked. (laughs) That's again, working twice as hard for half of the result. The absolute maximum you could do in any class is 50%. In the core class, And that's assuming you are 100% on the theoretical. And that's assuming that the weighting between theory and practical is 50-50. It is. What if it's not? What if it's um, 70-30 or 80-20? Then the best you can do is 20% in the class. It's still something. It's still the best I could do for that class. I guess. Okay. 
<sighs> I have more points, unfortunately. <laughs> Keep going. I'm ready. Yeah. I feel like I'm convincing Dumbledore right now. <laughs> okay. Something you said about getting your job at the ministry was, I'm still a part of the wizarding world. I don't know how accurate that is. Because I'm thinking of, well, first of all, like the attitude in the wizarding world is if you're a squib, you know, you go to muggle school and you integrate yourself into the muggle world and you're not part of what we are doing. Yep. So there's that attitudinal barrier, obviously. But I think there's also like an administrative barrier because when- Like a census? Yes, exactly. When Mrs. Fig shows up to be a witness in Harry's trial, they're like, oh, we have no record of someone living there. And she's like, well, you wouldn't have any record of me because I'm a squib. So that shows that if they have no record of her, she's not a citizen of the Wizarding World, according to the Ministry of Magic. Mm -hmm. So your first barrier to, I think, getting into Hogwarts, getting a job is that I don't think that they acknowledge you as a person purely on paper. I don't think you have, like, the wizarding equivalent of a birth certificate. All right. Well, first of all, I can still get a job as a squib because we see that with Filch. Filch has a job. So even if he's an undocumented citizen, as you want to say, you can still provide to the labor force. Yeah, I guess. So there must be some kind of- Wow. Filch is an undocumented worker. Mm. What if he is, though? Because the fact that he's a squib is a big secret. That's hidden from the students. Maybe it's hidden from the faculty and the ministry as well. But they'd know. Oh my god. Dumbledore and the staff would know because he it takes him he cleans up messes with brooms and mops and stuff. Like <laughs> Yeah. But this is something I've always wondered, because why is Filch there at all? It seems like it's just pity. Because yeah, he's, his entire job it is cleaning the castle. And discipline. So that's two things that are done by the house elves and the teachers. Mm -hmm. There's actually no function to Filch being there at all. So it always seemed like to me it was just pity. Like Dumbledore just let him have a job because otherwise he's going to be homeless and unemployed. Like Dumbledore would just let me into Hogwarts out of pity? I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, but if if he's like an undocumented worker, that kind of makes sense. What if the Ministry don't even know that he's there? I mean, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know for sure. It's just my headcanon that I'm creating as we Navigating speak. Navigating a system as an undocumented citizen, of course, that's going to be hard. But that would be... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we know that I can still get a job. Like, that's just established. Even if it's underhanded, I can still get a job. <laughs> but not in the ministry. There's a difference between janitor at a high school and minister for magic, which is what you were arguing for. I wasn't. Okay. That was a a pipe dream, but ministry (laughs) official. Okay. (laughs) You've given up on that. (laughs) Maybe future generations of squibs can aspire to be minister for magic. Yeah. But a ministry official. I think ministry employee is a stretch. Yeah. Obviously it would just be part of my battle to document myself. I mean, there's a line about Harry saying that his name was down for Hogwarts from the moment he was born. So it makes me think that yeah. when wizard families have children, they put their, their kids' names on the list for Hogwarts. And you don't figure out that a kid's a squib until they're probably about seven, eight. So my name was probably down on a list, but then maybe scratched off. But that means it's still, it was there. It was documented at some point, And then they had to do like, they had to create another document be like, please move this name. And so that, that paper trail exists. <laughs> So I can be like, hey, here I am. My birth is documented. Yes, I'm a squib. I'm still a part of 
the world because he is my official name <laughs> on paper. I can't remember if this is like fanon or if this is confirmed or anything, but I've always gotten the impression that the list of students who attend Hogwarts is like a magically generated list based on who's born and if they have magic because muggles aren't putting down their muggle-borns names to get into Hogwarts. No. And that okay. explains why Harry got so many letters and why they were constantly sent out to him. It was an it's an automatic process based on whose name is on the list. Mm-hmm. That, like, finds where they are and sends letters. And there's no actual person who's doing that. Okay. Okay, well, if that's the case, then I'll just have to, you know, work hard to create a census for squibs in the magical world. That's just another thing i got to do. Check that off the list eventually. (laughs) My argument here is that this has happened before. I think definitely in the past, there was probably a huge anti-Muggleborn sentiment. We know that that existed with Salazar Mm -hmm. Slytherin. It probably existed institutionally on some level. But by the time Harry Potter's going to school in the 90s, Muggleborns are enrolled into Hogwarts, they're getting jobs in the ministry, they're part of the society. And yes, there's still a lot of prejudice there, but it's like a 50-50 split between Muggleborns shouldn't be here and Muggleborns are part of our society, get over it. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, this sort of civil rights movement has happened before and it can happen again for squibs. I guess so. Yeah, no, you're right. That's true. But see, my point isn't, I think you've forgotten the thesis of our argument because you seem to be arguing, I could do it. I could change the world and I could make squibs have rights. I'm arguing it's better to be a muggle <laughs> because you don't have to deal with all of this bullshit. It's easier. It's, it, it's just better all over to not have to be a squib in the magical world. It's easier to be a muggle. Yes, it's easier, but the time has come to choose between what is right and what is easy, Maria. I knew as soon as the word easy left my mouth and that was coming. <laughs> Look, even if I know it's going to be a hard log, I'd still rather just have the knowledge. I'd rather have bitten the forbidden fruit and know than not know on just a fundamental level. I think I'm tired of not having yeah. the same rights as everyone else because that's something I have to deal with. So I'd rather have full equality, full access to everything all the time or nothing. Just leave me alone. (laughs) Either I want no part of it or I want a full part of it. Well, Rhea, I mean, if you're a muggle, you're still going to be gay and a woman as a muggle. (laughs) Uh, It's just the same. I can never escape. There's no world I can go to. It's in the Harry Potter world of muggles where muggles are worse than in our world. (laughs) And it's set in the 90s as well. So I've already got to take a 20 year step back. Yeah. God, I'm tired. Well, I've been Gem, and Squibble writes, unite, (laughs) unite, unite to fight the right. (laughs) I've been Rhea, and maybe instead of fighting for our rights, we should all just go to bed. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Podcast Nine and Three Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Gem. You can send us an email at nineandthreequarterspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at podcast nine and three quarters, or talk to us separately on Twitter. Ria is at SmashMouthRia, and Jem is at Jem underscore Just Jem. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions, and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was 
The Chamber of Secrets by John Williams. And our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.